Hi, this is Pastor Tom, and I want to welcome you to this look this week at Psalm 41 to 45, day one. So we're going to be looking at Psalm 41 today. Psalm 41 is a psalm about the true nature of leadership, what it means to be a godly leader. And we're going to look at three things in this psalm about being a godly leader. Let me just say at the beginning that we're all leaders in some way. You may be a leader in your family, you may be a leader in your church, you may be a leader in business, you may be a leader in a relationship. Uh, There's always someone who's looking at us. So more than you realize, you are a leader, and this is about how you and I can be godly leaders. Three truths. Number one in this psalm, godly leaders care for the weak. Godly leaders are those who, who, they use their influence to stand up for those who have no influence. It's a different kind of leadership than worldly leadership, which is all about me and myself and maybe gaining power, uh, maybe getting uh, more material things in my bank account. No, godly leaders care for the weak. Psalm 41 is clear about God's blessing for those who, uh, the phrase is, have regard for the weak. That means you consider the weak. You take the time to notice and do something about the weak. Let me read for you verses one to three of this psalm. Blessed is he who has regard for the weak. The Lord delivers him in time of trouble. The Lord will protect him and preserve his life. He will bless him in the land and not surrender him to the desire of his foes. The Lord will sustain him on his sickbed and restore him from his bed of illness. So look at all the blessings out of having regard for the weak. It's a reminder here that the way that I treat others is the way that I will see results in my own life. If I wanna be delivered from trouble, I gotta help other people to be delivered from trouble. If I want to be protected, I have to protect the weak. If I want material blessing, I have to care about those who do not have material blessing. If I don't wanna be surrendered to my enemies, I have to care about the vulnerable. That's what this Psalm tells us again and again and again. So if you wanna be a true leader, a godly leader, you have to care about the poor. You have to care about the weak. You have to care about those who are ignored. You don't just care about those who seem like they can advance your agenda as a leader. You realize that part of your agenda as a leader, as a godly leader, is to care about those no one else cares about. And not only does God say we're supposed to do that, he says there are many blessings that come into our lives as leaders as we do that. Godly leaders care for the weak. Second truth in this Psalm is the truth that godly leaders struggle with rejection. You didn't want to hear this today. It's not the blessing part, but it's the truth part from God. Leadership means some people don't like you. It's naive to think otherwise because the direction you're leading is not the direction they want to go. So even if they might like you in terms of a personality, they don't like you because you represent to them a direction they don't want to go. In fact, godly leadership means even sometimes those who are closest to you will turn against you because they're focused on themselves or they're focused on their agenda, not on the direction that God might want to take you or the church or your family or your business. Look, Just look in this psalm honestly at some of what you will face as a leader. First, you will face malice against you. In verse five, my enemies say of me in malice, when will he die and his name perish? Well, that's pretty negative, but if you're a leader, that's one of the things that you're gonna face. People have malice against you. They don't like you because you represent something they don't want to do. And out of that malice will come a second thing, slander. In verse six, whenever one comes to see me, he speaks falsely while his heart gathers slander. 
And then he goes out and he spreads it abroad. When people fight against the direction you're going as a leader, they make it personal. They don't just fight against the thing that you're saying to do. They fight against you because it's a much more effective tactic to try to take down what you're trying to do as a leader. So there'll be slander. In verse 7, one of the ways that slander is expressed is in whispers against you. Verse 7 says, all my enemies whisper together against me. You ever have this feeling Everyone's talking about you, and no one's telling you that they're talking about you. You know, you you walk into a room, and boom, it gets silent really quick, and you wonder, what were they talking about before I walked in? Well, if it got silent, they were probably talking about you. Your enemies whisper against you. It's very uncomfortable to feel like other people are talking about you, not to your face, behind your back. In fact, what happens when you're a leader? Sometimes people even imagine the worst for you. Last part of verse 7 and verse 8 They imagine the worst for me, saying, a vile disease will beset him. He'll never get up from the place where he lies. Why would people even think these kinds of things? But they do. This is part of the nature of leadership, is because they are so intent on their agenda rather than your agenda that they begin to hope something bad would happen to you. A vile disease will beset him. They imagine the worst. And then, in the worst of all, sometimes the The truth of the matter is, even close friends will betray you. In verse 9, even my close friend whom I trusted, who shared my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. Now, you might recognize as as I read that, that this is a prophecy. We're told in the New Testament that this is a prophecy of what would happen to Jesus. When Judas, his close friend, whom he trusted, who shared bread with him at the Lord's Supper, or at the Last Supper before the Lord's Supper, eventually lifted up his heel against him, tried to stamp him out. Jesus was perfect, and yet he was misunderstood, yet he was betrayed. So how could we as leaders who are imperfect think we're not going to face the same thing? So in, in light of this, why in the world would anyone get involved in true servant godly leadership? For the reward. For the reward of what happens in people's hearts and lives. For the reward of life change for the reward of the blessings God wants to give into your life. The reward of false leadership is personal power and wealth. It's selfish reward. The reward of true leadership is much greater. It's changed lives, and it's the blessing of God, the reward of God in your life. So that's a third truth about godly leaders. Godly leaders look to God for the reward. If you're looking to this world for the reward, you're not going to be a godly leader. If you're looking to other people for the reward— You might start out to be a godly leader, but you're not going to get the reward that you want, and you're going to stop. If you want to continue to be a godly leader, you look to God for the reward. There's these refreshing words in verse 10. The psalmist begins verse 10 by saying, but you, O Lord. He's talked about all these others who have all these agendas against the leader, but you, O Lord. And then in verses 11 and 10, 11, and 12, he says, but you, O Lord, have mercy on me. Raise me up that I may repay them. I know that you are pleased with me, for my enemy does not triumph over me. In my integrity, you uphold me, and you you set me in your presence forever. The Bible, it's absolutely filled with promises about how God will reward humble and faithful leadership. Four of them are in these few verses that we just read. How does God reward you? Well, one, God will have mercy on you. God's forgiveness is a reward. Out of that forgiveness, we lead. Out of the reward of his forgiveness, 
If all he ever did was forgive me of all the sins that I've ever committed so that I could spend an eternity with him forgiven, that would be more than enough of a reward out of which I could lead. God will have mercy on you, and he'll have mercy on you in the moments when leadership is tough, when leadership is difficult, when it seems like everybody is against you. God will show up with his mercy, his tender mercy in that moment. Second reward is God is pleased with you. If you live your life to please others, you're never going to please everybody all the time. You most of the time won't please anybody. But to recognize that God is pleased with you, that is the reward that's above all of them. We think about, in a moment, eternal rewards. We, we, we think about even the material rewards that might come into our lives in terms of seeing progress being made for God's kingdom on this planet. But to know that God is pleased with what you are doing, that you're doing exactly what he wants you to do in that moment, in, in many ways, there is no greater reward than that. Third reward in these verses is God will uphold you in your integrity. There are many times when it feels like you have integrity and you're slammed down for it. You have integrity and you're misunderstood for it. You have integrity and you end up losing because of it. Well, the, the end of the story isn't here yet. And I wanna to say to you as a godly leader, God in the end will uphold you in your integrity. It is coming. It may be coming in the months to come. It may be coming in the years to come. It may be coming in eternity, but God promises that he will uphold you. And then the, the final reward that's talked about in these verses, God will welcome you into his eternal presence. If you're living your life for this planet, for this earth, you're not going to be a godly leader. Let's just, let's just admit it, because the rewards that we're truly looking for aren't here on this planet. They are in eternity. It's only as you start to live for eternity, to live your life forward towards all that God has for us there, that you're able to make the sacrifices and, and, and take the criticism that goes along with being a leader. But there is a reward, an eternal reward that we're looking forward to. And that motivates me, that can motivate you every day to be the leader that God wants you to be in your family, in your church, in your business, in your school, wherever God has you leading. Let me pray together for us right now as leaders. I wanna pray for you today. And Lord, I, I pray for each of us as we lead out in what God, you've called for us to do. It may be that we're leading one, it may be that we're leading millions, but God, you called us to lead. And we wanna be godly leaders. We don't wanna lead based on our selfishness. And we don't wanna shrink back from leading based on the criticism and the struggles of leadership. Instead, we, look, we choose to look to the reward today. Refresh us in that as you remind us, God, that you are with us, that you are pleased with us, that you'll uphold us, that one day you're gonna welcome us with a well done, my good and faithful servant into your eternal presence. That's what we praise you for today. In your name, Jesus, we pray, amen. Tomorrow, we're gonna to talk about what do you do when your soul is downcast?